This morning's first reading comes from Luke chapter 2 verses 4 to 12 and can be found on page 1593 of your Bibles. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judah, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So this is from Luke 2, reading verses 25. Two thirty-two, and it's on page 1594 in the Bibles or you can follow it behind me starting at verse 25 now there's, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Well, good morning once again. If you've uh, come in since I started uh, welcoming you this morning, a big welcome and Merry Christmas to you. Uh, My name's Carl. I'm the pastor here at the church. I wonder if any of you uh, do swimming lessons. My kids do swimming lessons on Saturday mornings during term time. We do our swimming lessons up at the Burnside Pool. And a few weeks back now... Uh, we arrived at the pool to see hundreds or perhaps thousands or maybe even millions of these little bugs that were everywhere. They were all over the grass, they were in the water, they were covering the trees. Um, I've got a photo of one of them up on the screen behind here. I didn't know what they were. I was um, a little bit worried because they were everywhere. Everywhere you stepped, you squashed these bugs. Uh, And so thought I'd better look up to see what they were. Now at the pool, at Burnside Pool, there's signs everywhere that says, parents, don't take your eyes off your kids and look at your phones. But I thought just for a couple of seconds, it would be okay to get out my phone and have a look to see what these bugs were. I learned a lot on Google that morning at the pool. These bugs are called cicadas. You might have heard them before in the summer making their chirping noise. What I didn't know is that cicadas spend most of their lives living underground. They latch latch onto a tree root and they suck the sap. You know, cicadas might spend four or five, or some of them even spend 17 
for 18 years underground, sucking sap out of these tree roots. And then no one really knows why, but for some unknown reason, everything changes in the cicada's life, and together they emerge out into the sunlight. In just a few days, out in the sunshine, they lay their eggs and they die. Now imagine that, 18 years ago, that's back in the Y2K times, if any of you can remember that. A cicada went down under the ground, latched onto a tree root, and then just a couple of weeks ago, it emerged out into the sunshine, only to be squashed by one of my kids' feet, most likely. Well, today we're looking at the story of Simeon, and as I read the story of Simeon, it reminded me a little of these cicadas. Simeon, as far as I can tell, is a great guy. The Bible tells us that he's righteous and devout, but apart from that, there's not much recorded in history other than that he's a man waiting for a monumental event. Once that event happens, He's done for. He's off to die, just like a cicada. He's not waiting to emerge from the ground, though. Rather, the monumental event that Simeon is waiting for is to see with his own eyes the promised saviour of the world. For he'd been promised by the Holy Spirit that he would not die till he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. And so Simeon was waiting waiting for the consolation of Israel. I wonder if you can see that in your Bibles. If you'd like to open them and have a look at the passage that uh, Susan read to us before, it's there in verse 25 of Luke chapter 2 on page 1,594 of your Bibles, where it says, Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. See if you can spot those words in Luke chapter 2. And if we're to understand what's going on here in Luke chapter 2, We need to come back thousands of years from today, back before Jesus, to the nation of Israel. It's good to go back and think about what it might have been once like in its glory days with King Solomon and King David, where they ruled, the land was prosperous, they built an enormous temple and a great palace. It was a land of pretty much glory. They were God's special people. And yet in the years that followed after those two kings, the people turned their backs on God and king after king chose to disobey God. Sure, some of the kings were good, but predominantly they led the people away from God. And with that, the fortunes, or you might say the blessings of the nation fell away also. First the Assyrians attacked and and then the Babylonians. And in the end, the nation of Israel was all but destroyed. And those that survived were taken off into captivity in Babylon. The glory of a nation that was at one point set apart from God, set apart for God, was gone. And their life became one of suffering, misery. The Bible calls it a time of exile. Can you imagine what it must have felt like for Israel? God had left them. And they ended up in a world of despair and darkness. Hopelessness. And it's into that environment, into that world, 
that Isaiah the prophet says this. He says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. See, in the story of Israel, exile did end 70 years later, and the people returned back to Jerusalem. But it was never quite the same as it was before. And the people still asked, when would that comfort come? See, when Luke tells us the story of Simeon, Simeon was waiting for this comfort that Isaiah promised. He was waiting for the real end to exile. The prophecy of Isaiah is that comfort is coming. The salvation of Israel is coming. And Simeon sees it in the birth of a baby. How do we know that? Well, look at what Simeon says in verse 29 of the passage that Susan read to us. Simeon says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. See, Simeon's quoting here from Isaiah chapter 49 and drawing on a few other themes from Isaiah as well. In the baby Jesus, Simeon sees the consolation of Israel, the long-promised Lord, the Messiah, the Saviour. And he also sees in Jesus a light of revelation to the Gentiles. See, here in the baby Jesus is comfort, here is hope for the whole world, both for the nation of Israel, of Israel and for everyone else, us included. I wonder this year if you feel like you need a bit of comfort this Christmas. Has 2018 been a challenging year for you, a hard year? Perhaps things haven't gone quite as you planned for them to go this year. Maybe you're feeling lonely or disenfranchised with work. Maybe you're struggling with a relationship. Maybe you're feeling distant from God this morning. Now in the Bible, the idea of exile or being separated from God kind of takes on a broader meaning than just the Babylonian exile. It comes to mean something like alienation from God, regardless of what part of the world you happen to be in. And this idea of exile then has with it a longing and a desire to see the world be put right. A longing for rescue and redemption. See, Simeon sees in the baby Jesus, he sees the comfort of these things. He sees a saviour who will rescue the world. Earlier this year, we as a church, when we first started meeting, looked at the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. There Paul's speaking about this person, Jesus, and why he's the comfort that Simeon so eagerly longed for. And Paul uses this idea of light and darkness that we also see in this passage. Paul tells us that those who receive Jesus as Lord, those who walk with him, well, God the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people, the inheritance of the kingdom of light. He goes on to say this in verse 13 of Colossians chapter 1. Where he says this, for he, that is God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness 
and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I hope this Christmas you're able to look past the baby in the manger stories and see Jesus with the same eyes that Simeon saw him. To see Jesus as the one who is the comfort of Israel and the redeemer of the whole world. I hope you're able to see Jesus as the king of the kingdom of light, the one in whom we have the forgiveness of sins. Israel as a nation was longing for a king who would do these things. As a nation, they'd been in the darkness for so long. They'd been like a cicada buried deep underground, longing for a day when they might break out of the darkness into light. Jesus is the king that Israel longed for, the one that would bring that comfort. His kingdom's there for those of us who seek it and who want it. I want to remind you as I finish this morning of what the king of that kingdom is like by reading to you from Colossians. This is what Paul says about the king of that kingdom. He says, In him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the church, and in everything he has the supremacy. For God was pleased to dwell in him, Through him all things are reconciled, including us who are alienated from God, but are now free from accusation because of his work. That's a king worth searching for, isn't it? A king of hope, a king of light, a king of comfort. And Christmas is all about the birth of that king. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus into the world. We thank you that he is our comfort and that he is our king. Amen.